Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And uh, this is the Backwards Super Show. This is a new year, season five. New year, new, year, new you, new us. Yes, we have uh, changed format a bit in the uh, current pandemic, um, just with the intricacies of how we're having to record not in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the new format is going to be, um, you know, future episodes will probably be a little bit more, bit more interactive uh than this first one but i came across an interesting story over the break and just had to share it but uh yeah you are teasing me a little bit with it so i am interested because it is definitely a topic or it's about a subject that i enjoy yeah yeah it's weird it popped up just as an aside in one of the podcasts i listened to and Mm -hmm. i was like i have to know more and so i you know scoured the internet and i found this out um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll share this story with you and we will do our regular me, me, me's. Um, I know privately I've been referring to these as me, me, me plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be a, a, kind of a return to format, tweak to format, but, um, yeah, anyway, just, uh, shoot us an email or, you know, give us a comment on one of our social media places if you like the new format. Yeah, because, again, just to kind of, like, expand a little bit on the format. So what we're going to do is we've kind of decided that we are going to look at subjects, not uh, particular um, types of media. Because our previous, I guess, format was we would go and we would either watch a movie or talk about a movie that we've seen and it could have been like a movie a book a tv series or something along those lines now with this new format we're going to kind of broadly talk about a particular subject so it's going to be kind of more broad on the the topic where it doesn't kind of like i guess pigeonhole us into one particular um I guess, topic. Exactly. And yeah, so it's and going to be a little bit more free flowy, a little bit more loosey goosey. Exactly. And uh, for people that, that do like the books, um, we are keeping the book clubs. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh, are... yeah, and, you know, presumably when conventions open up again, maybe we'll, we'll go back to that depending on how. Um, oh, I hope we do. I love doing I just conventions. That, that happens and these conventions don't go broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and but I mean, I also enjoyed doing some of the uh, virtual conventions. I know, like on some of the previous podcasts that we had, they aren't as good as the ones in person, but they do fill at least that hole in my heart. Yeah, they'll they'll scratch an itch here mm-hmm. and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, but yeah. So we are going to start off with. A, a banger would you yeah well, it's hopefully banger? it's a, hopefully it's a banger um so this is what i've titled uh the star wars that could have been yeah right? because as loyal listeners know i i enjoy all star wars all of the uh the star wars ips right mm-hmm. you're what one would call a true fan not the uh, cafeteria fan <laughs> i wouldn't say a true fan i'm just easy to please 
I, well, I you know, and that's what I mean is like a fan hopefully would like anything that comes out. Um, you know, by by true fan, I mean you appreciate the things that come out within the franchise. Like yeah. you don't have a whole lot of like that's not blah blah blah, right? Yeah, well, the bar is low to please me when gotcha. it comes to the Star Wars universe. But yeah, I know yeah. that there have been complaints. And, you know, the story, at least for some of the prequels, some of the sequels, aren't as tight as some people wish they would be. But sure. it was still fun seeing a lot of the characters interpreted by other people, as well as, like, some of the cool lightsaber duels and vehicles and things along those lines. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously, I, I think there's no problem in being criti- critical of something you watch. No, but, no. Um, it I... Definitely, it shouldn't be something that, that uh, people use to gatekeep and, I don't know, threaten fans <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or threaten actors over but um yeah if if uh I, granted this story uh takes place pre-internet mm-hmm. um or pre-world wide web whichever you want to say which um, is the so, dinosaur times yeah dinosaur times so this is way back in uh 19 eh, so like it's a year range so 1980 to 1982 we'll say mm-hmm. um this is right after Empire Strikes Back has come out, right? Mm-hmm. So Lucas decided uh, after that uh, particular film that he wanted to produce. Like he he wanted nothing in, to do with with the uh, the directing aspects of it. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, honestly, I think Empire Strikes Back is my favorite film, and I think he was able to read enough of the room to go, oh, this is way better than you hope. <laughs> yeah yeah um this is a lot better uh of a of a production or a product that came out um now there was a very uh public uh quarrel or tiff i guess that he was going uh through with the directors guild of america which hmm. is the unionized um you know big hollywood directors like any anyone who who's releasing uh films for huge studios with wide releases things like that they're going to be in the dga typically because you have to keep in mind these movies are distributed by fox Mm -hmm. but they're actually made by lucasfilm right and so because he was actually he had his like um company then right right yeah and and that's actually part of what caused this tiff is because uh, you know, Lucasfilm obviously shows up before the beginning of A New Hope, but George Lucas was also the director. And mm-hmm. one of the rules in the DGA is that if there are opening credits, the director's name has to appear first. Oh, I didn't did know not that. direct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't know if this is still a requirement, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, because he did not direct Empire. And Lucasfilm being the first thing up, technically, that's his name. And so there, there was this huge argument going back and forth. Huh. To the Seems point that... a bit minute, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a union rule. 
Um, mm -hmm. And if you let one thing slide, like people yeah. will start ignoring other things. It's so, a slippery like, slope. I get it, but at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, it's got his name in it, but like, it's not necessarily crediting him. It's crediting the company. But yeah, yeah I, I guess that's a distinction that that an actual lawyer would have to make. <laughs> true. True. Um. So he quit the DGA, which is mm -hmm. the Directors Guild. Uh, and he makes a short list of non-directors guild directors that he wants to make this movie for him with him in a pro uh, producer role. The short list of this includes, which I will kind of circle back around to these later, but just keep these names in mind. Okay. And uh, you or the listener, uh, if you're familiar with their work, try and envision what an Empire Strike or a uh, Return of the Jedi would be directed by any of these. This short list included David Cronenberg, Joe Carpenter, oh okay, Richard Donner, and John Borman. Right, Richard Donner. So, who? Uh, so Richard name? Donner um, actually uh, directed the first uh, live action um, Superman in the seventies. Oh, okay, okay, For Warner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and he went on to do uh, Lethal Weapon as well. Oh. So he was, he was more like an 80s guy. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so so at the top of this list, though, is David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know anything about David Lynch? I, I know a bit. Uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, for people who don't know, he's a, um, he's a very... I would say an art house director. Most people would call him uh, a surrealist other people yeah. might call him you know a bizarre director of it, gibberish <laughs> it's weird i wonder why lucas had david lynch at the top of the yeah it's it's very strange to me i'm just going to pull up david lynch's um I filmography okay. uh yeah so so at the time what he would have had out was Eraserhead, yeah. which if no one has seen that, that is an exercise in tormenting yourself. Um, I don't recommend it personally, but you know, I've never seen Eraserhead. Will argue for it. Uh, it's it's very strange. Um, uh, it kind of is what what made him get this this reputation as an experimental director. Um, it's. Mm. Technically, it's a body horror film, but it's it's very dreamlike. I'm surprised um, that you're not a fan of that. Not saying yeah, that you love all body horror, but like you know, that's kind of like up your alley. It just well, yeah, it is. And I mean, I I get, I guess, why some people like it. It's just it's not my favorite thing to watch because it's it's almost like an exercise in how long will the audience watch this movie. Oh, it's more than it. Yeah, uh, and it, it's not very long. Is the thing it's it's <laughs> barely an hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. So that that had been out, and uh, his other film that was out at the time was The Elephant Man. Uh, oh, which yeah, mm -hmm. is bizarre because it's actually a little bit more straightforward. Um, yeah, like it's just a straightforward historical drama about uh, Joseph this, Merrick. Yeah, or John Merrick. Merrick. I forget which. I think it's Joseph Merrick is is the name of the guy. It, anyway, mm -hmm. um, but he had only had two films come out under under his his uh, thing, and also Eraserhead 
uh, was shot over the course of, uh, I'm not seeing it right now. I know it was shot over the course of several years because he funded it kind of here and there. And so, you know, it was kind of a stop and start production. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Elephant Man was probably a little bit more straightforward, like, yeah, because I've actually seen Elephant Man. Was that produced by a big company or? Is that uh, like... I don't know who it was produced. I know it was distributed by Paramount. So Paramount. Okay. production was Brooks Films. So oh. hmm. that is. It's not really a popular. Uh, oh, that's actually um, Mel Brooks's studio. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Who knew? Um, but yeah, so, so he had, not us. <laughs> yeah, um, the internet knows, yeah. um, internet so, knows so he had those two films to his name, which one of them is a weird artsy movie and the mm-hmm. other one is kind of a straight historical drama. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Lucas reaches out to him and Lynch takes the meeting with Lucas, uh, and he meets him at Skywalker Ranch, um, Lynch claims to not be a fan of any sort of science fiction, which mm. I don't believe given some of his other things, but he's kind of contrary and known for being contrary. Um, yeah. But apparently it's, it's like minutes into this lunch meeting at Skywalker ranch that it becomes readily apparent that David Lynch does not have any idea what star Wars is. Oh, yeah (laughs) or anything about it whatsoever like apparently he asked uh lucas to explain and describe wookies because people he had been telling he was taking this meeting uh, with george lucas about was telling him about this movie and and uh yeah he and you know that's the thing is like at least (laughs) lucas like lucas loved his you you can say what you want about lucas but he loved the universe that he created he really did. Yeah. I think that, you know, he definitely had a passion for everything. Um at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, and yeah. well and, and also like I'm I'm making it sound like a bigger deal than it is because at this point there have been two movies in the franchise. It was wildly popular, but it, I mean it's not out of the question for Lynch to have never seen it because you know, this is right at the beginning of like the home video market. So mm-hmm. It would not surprise me at all if Lynch honestly was not being funny or coy or anything, but like legitimately had just never seen it. Yeah. But but yeah, after that meeting, it, it, uh, negotiations kind of broke down after that <laughs> for obvious reasons. And yeah. um, you know, Lynch would then go on. Who you know, keep in mind, I said he does not like science fiction. Um, he would go on to direct uh, Dune. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's the that's, very yeah, next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, which I love that Dune movie, but it's it's a it's a bold move to tell George Lucas, no, I don't really like science fiction movies, and then go out and make Dune. <laughs> yeah, though I'm super interested in the uh, new Doom uh, movie that's oh, supposed to be coming out. If you have HBO Max, you can apparently go ahead and watch it because warner brothers is dumping everything onto streaming oh really yeah i did not know that oh yeah um so yeah after negotiations break down um 
Lucas runs around and goes through his, the rest of the shortlist. Um, apparently, David Cronenberg just replied to his inquiry with just a, a one word, nope. Nope. Uh. Um, he, so, so in 1981, Cronenberg had made Scanners, and then in 1983, he made and released uh, Videodrome and also The Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, obviously, he may have said nope because he was busy. Maybe yeah. it wasn't just being a rude dick. But um, yes. uh, John Carpenter uh, also declined. Uh, 81 saw him release Escape from New York. 82 saw him release The Thing. And 83 saw him release uh, Christine. Hmm. Um, Richard Donner turned him down, um, although he was interested, apparently. Um, but, you know, in 1980, he was doing Superman 2 uh in 82 he did uh the toy with richard pryor and uh 1983 he did both the goonies and lady hawk oh <laughs> which i recommend lady hawk if yeah you've, seen it. you've, you've <laughs> told me about lady hawk before too yeah yeah it's it's very weird it's it's a uh, rutger hauer and michelle pfeiffer and their lovers who have been cursed and so i think during the night rutger hauer is a wolf Hmm. And during the day, Michelle Pfeiffer is a uh, a hawk. Yeah, Matthew so Roderick's in there. Is he's a monk? But if we were like making this a D and D game, like honestly, he'd be a rogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, let's see, John Borman, um, who that name may not be familiar to a lot of people. He directed no. uh, Excalibur hmm. in nineteen eighty one. Hmm. Um, which i'm pretty sure i've made you watch at some point i i think so yeah i mean it's it's the the king arthur movie it's one of the better king arthur movies out there that actually follows like the pendragon cycle yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah so eventually lucas you know ran through his short list and decided on richard richard marquand who ended up directing revenge of the or revenge of the jedi return of the jedi at the time (laughs) well at the time that was the release name like you can find some movie posters um like coming soon posters mm-hmm. that have revenge of the jedi on them huh. um and i think it was it was fairly late into production if, if they had already had print or uh, posters printed because you know obviously lucas probably thought about it and was like well the jedi wouldn't want revenge yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah marquand um you know in 1978 he did a it's a kind of less well-known horror movie called the legacy um yeah 79 he did a a documentary on the beatles and then in 81 he did a spy thriller called eye of the needles so Hmm. uh, it's very strange that he did a science fiction movie but you know you gotta eat yeah you do but yeah like i uh, when when i heard that story i was like i can't Picture. i can't imagine what the star wars franchise would have turned into if like you think about how dune turned out yeah with think it. about what lynch would have done with the script for return of the jedi yeah it would have been like that would just be a bizarre movie <laughs> yeah i mean um, what, what do you think of return like do you um i know it's not like one of the stronger movies so i don't really like it like Mm -hmm. 
if I'm being honest, the um, yeah, and you should be honest. Like, I'm not going to honestly my favorite, you because of <laughs> well, like my favorite. It's the boring answer, but my favorite is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, no, I, I'm not asking your favorite. I'm I'm more asking like what, oh, how uh, it turned out. Yeah, how do you feel about it? Like, did you know how the <sighs> Out of all I've, the movies and everything along those lines, like, did it, was it something that you would rewatch over another movie? Like, another? I mean, Star when Wars? I was a kid, I used to cycle through A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, like, while doing homework. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm talking about, like, through middle school and if I'm being honest, maybe some of high school, like doing homework and just having them on, you know? Yeah. Um, because my dad had this, this, uh, like VHS, uh, set that had, uh, Leonard Malton interviewing George <laughs> Lucas before them. Yeah. Um, and I would always like fast forward through that interview, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. real quick just to get to the good stuff. But like, it, it, it's, um, see to me it i feel like it runs into some of the issues that like rise of skywalker did and that it felt like they were there there could have easily been three movies in that one it, it, there could have been but i, um, I feel like it hits a lot of i feel like it hits a lot of like good notes i feel like a lot of people focus on the ewoks and yeah the ewoks were cheesy i mean let's uh, yeah <laughs> um but you know it, it really had like a a nice redemption arc for vader like it was good to sort of like see him redeem himself and everything along those lines and you know it, it did like kind of open a little bit more of the curtain towards like the sith and exactly like what was going on there and everything along those lines so i thought that was really cool and like the battle uh is definitely a, a high light in my book like the final battle around the newly constructed death star and even them making the newly constructed death star i don't think was that big of a deal like yeah it makes sense to sort of have like a backup death machine like yeah you know yeah. well and, and it also opens up like the question that i think the book series went down where like was palpatine putting all these resources into this thing because he saw this like greater threat coming which you know spoilers for this book series that is no longer relevant but it's some like extra like outside of the known universe type invaders yeah um that the heroes have to contend with um i never read those books i i just generally know that that's know about them. kind of the whole thing and that's what it came from is someone going i wonder why palpatine tried building this thing twice <laughs> yeah and the thing is like i i mean i think the third movie's nice i i enjoyed it i enjoyed you know it was interesting like seeing luke interact with like everybody and sort of be the hero that he needed to be yeah it was it was good to sort of get a 
I guess, a resolution with like Leia and Han. And it, even with the Ewoks, there were there were funny moments. There were moments that, you know, definitely got me the chuckle. Like, I don't think it was all bad with Ewoks. And yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I know it's the one that I knew least well, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I would skip around, honestly, as soon as DVDs came up, because, again, I, I feel like that movie feels like there's way too much packed into it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, that, um, that totally makes sense. And it's it's kind of like like with Rise of Skywalker. Well, where I mean, you know, where Rise of Skywalker has its own issues, but um, you know, it's it's um, definitely one. I I would say that it's if I were ha- having to like list out the ones that I like in like order that that I prefer, mm-hmm. um, Return of the Jedi for me would kind of fall under revenge of the sith but above uh attack of the clones and phantom menace Hmm. interesting but you find that it's a movie that you enjoyed like you would yeah i mean it's it's one that i don't like change the channel if i see it on you know like I'll, i'll sit and watch Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, like, if I'm watching, the, like, the Star Wars movies, I do really enjoy just, like, watching the entire trilogy. Like, I know some people yeah. enjoy, like, you know, you'll watch one movie and be like, okay, all right, I'm done. But, like, I do think that those movies benefit by being in like uh, a package where you can watch them in one sort of sitting, like make a day out of it, basically. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I will say that I um, I keep threatening to do this. I need to, to make a note to myself to do it, but I want to watch, there's a, a fan edit of the first three, the, the not the first three, the, the, three prequels mm-hmm. that is like just under three hours long, but they've cut out all the stuff that doesn't pertain to like the star Wars story. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they've kind of edited it in, into one movie. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to watch that, um, yeah. and, and watch, you know, the original trilogy, um, yeah. and then the sequel trilogy just to see if it, if it does actually work and it's like, wow, is there that much chaff that they were able to, to cut it down to like two and a half hours? <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I do think that you could probably do that with any trilogy. Oh yeah. I mean, exactly. there's going to be chaff and all. Oh yeah. But yeah. I do and, feel and... like some of that is beneficial just to the whole like story. And that's the great thing about star Wars is like, you know, people can run with like, random background characters like you know there are characters within star wars that show up for like five minutes but have like this deep lore oh yeah there's well i talked about it um a couple years ago i think but there's a um 
and actually, uh, that reminds me, I need to actually hop on Amazon and, and pre-order this because mm-hmm. uh, I got some Amazon gift cards over Christmas. So, oh, nice. <laughs> but um, there was a book called uh, From a Certain Point of View, and it was released, uh, I think, with some anniversary for uh, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a short story. Some of them are like, a page and a half some of them are like five pages but it's if you know that movie well enough it goes from character to character anyone who's not one of the main characters like you know luke or han or obi-wan people like that but like that like you were saying the background characters and like it tells story from their point of view of what they've just encountered yeah (laughs) i mean and, and that's sort of the thing is like if you take that shaft out, yeah, it, you lose a lot of these like background characters that have a very interesting and enriching sort of uh, history. Oh yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and- you know, it's a history that is either well, it can be canon or can be fan made. Like sure. there are plenty of different like background characters that are put up not on like a pedestal or anything but like put up in the eyes of fans who you know lucas has nothing to do with but like the fans have really promoted this one particular character right and it's you know it it is really and that's what kind of lends i guess to the star wars universe is you can make up all of these stories and they don't seem far-fetched they don't seem well, and, like out of place or anything along those lines because it's a space opera. Yeah, and, well, and and I also like the um, the remixes. Like one one of the things that um, as well, like the and there's, like these are from Dark Horse from like the early two thousands. So at the time, these were canon. But like one of the graphic novels i have as a collection it's it's called um star wars infinities mm-hmm. right and it's a reimagining of the original trilogy movies with like what if x happened instead so like um let me see, let me look up the synopsis here so like a new hope is um what happened if luke's proton torpedoes failed to destroy the death star mm-hmm interesting um empire strikes backs is uh what would have happened if luke froze to death during the blizzard on hoth on hoth yeah yeah like what if han just wasn't able to find wasn't him? able to yeah uh yeah. and then the other one for return of the jedi is uh in which c-3po breaks during leia's bounty hunt for chewbacca uh so there was no translator between her and java hmm that is very so interesting. like see that's like a very minor change that like the story that, that that follows that is like oh wow that's like insanely different yeah it's interesting but it's just real different it's it's kind of like the um the old like i don't know if you ever read the what if line of marvel comics yeah i have and they're super interesting like and, and again it's it shows how robust those worlds can be. Exactly. If you can like 
take those concepts and make them into a you know, you can have these what ifs and it doesn't like break the universe because yeah. And it's, I mean, it's all just storytelling at mm-hmm. that, like at a certain level. And so, yeah, like I, like I'm, I'm trying to knowing what these other directors made to, to just circle back to the, the, uh, the actual um, point, point <laughs> is, is like, yeah, like I can't imagine what, david lynch's version of return of the jedi would be like cronenberg would take it in a weird direction but like it would still stay within the realm i think of what star wars would be um Mm -hmm. honestly i don't think john carpenter would do it just because he's known for just being very difficult to work with and wanting to do his own thing yeah um but like i feel like his version would kind of turn out like return of the jedi like there'd be some minor differences here richard donner would probably have a really good um set of action scenes like it'd be more action heavy um borman would probably lean more on like the mysticism of the jedi and stuff like that but, yeah. but like lynch because dune is has so many different cuts of it like there are just so many different ways that his version of a return of the jedi could have like spun out from <laughs> yeah and you know and all these versions are super interesting like if you go back to the um the mysticism of the force like uh what was that movie called where they were getting the death star plans um a road one the one yeah like that was pretty cool just where they focused more on like the force being a religion than anything else oh yeah like where where it had devolved towards which you know, I got to be honest, like over 20 years, these people just entirely forgot about the people that ran the galaxy beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I, I do like to see that degradation where it's it's like, yeah, this was all powerful at one point, but now it's just kind of, you know, yeah, just like a dead religion or a dying religion. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, um, I, I forget the moth's name, but but like he you know, kind of makes that point in A New Hope before Vader chokes him out in the uh, the conference room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just some, some old mystic. <laughs> yeah, you're just some strange old mystic. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's all I got for uh, for that topic. Um, and I, I just thought it was an interesting story of, of like, what could have been. Yeah, definitely. Um. But uh, but yeah, with with that, um, I guess we can go on to the me me me's. All right. Um, did you want to start, or or did you want me to? Sure. I mean, I've only really got two things. Okay. Uh, I've I've got five things, but two of those things are two sets of two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't you uh start us off then? Okay. Gotcha. So, um, the first thing I did, I'll, I'll talk about the comics that I read. So. Oh, okay. Um, I went through uh, one of the things that I've ordered on Amazon, which I'll probably end up accasing it, to be honest. Um, oh, was it is, not that great? Uh, well, it is, but I don't see them coming out with a second volume of it anytime mm. soon. And because I don't play the game, I'm not necessarily invested in collecting every bit of lore, you know? Yeah. Um, I was just curious as to what it was, because it was like $3.50 on Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, when I ordered it. Yeah. but it's um and yeah and it's a hardbound um 
book as well, which really surprised me, but it was um, the Overwatch Anthology Volume 1. Oh, Overwatch. Uh, so it's, it's like these mini comics that are like maybe a page, two pages here and there for a lot of the characters from, from Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Blizzard knows how to put together a, a really good story like yeah and i mean it's really good marketing material i mean it is it is and overwatch has a lot of characters and a lot of those characters have like very interesting and unique backgrounds oh yeah yeah um but yeah i i recommend it if you're because i like i've never played overwatch but it's it's a lot of videos i've seen make it seem intriguing and you know i like the types of games that blizzard puts out because they Mm -hmm. tend to they tend to release things that are polished. Like this is not me necessarily saying rah rah go corporates or whatever, but yeah. like, I will say that their designers do a good job of taking something and boiling it down to the essence of what makes it good, and then the product you get is much better because of that. Yeah. Also, um, um, side note: I still have not spent any money on Blizzard. So, oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> keeping promises. <laughs> Yeah, because I've really kind of fallen out of Hearthstone. I know that a couple of expansions have come out, but they just have not um, interested me or anything along those lines. Are I have you going played... to get into uh, Rune Terra and fall down the um, Tencent Fun Factory. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Are you just going to stay with the, with the Magic? Then you've been doing Magic Arena, right? Uh, no, I haven't actually been playing much, uh, mini card games, so, yeah. Okay, well, um, the, uh, the other, uh, comic that I read is the, uh, The Adventure Zone Volume 3, Pedals to the Metal. Ah, yes. How, how did that turn out? Um, I really like it. I love the fact that they're making, um, comics out of there. Yeah. It's that's super cool. It's really cool. Have you read the other two? Uh, I have not. Uh, oh. Well, I've browsed the first one. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, but I have not actually sat down to read the other ones. But I still think that it's a really cool concept that they're doing. Well, I highly recommend it. Like they're they're really well done. Um, I just you know. So on the one hand, I love that they're they're collecting it all rather than doing like a monthly release of like, yeah, here's thirty pages here and thirty pages here, and then we'll sell you another thing. That's that's this one bound thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're just putting it all out for each arc. Yeah, which makes sense. I just yeah. because they're only using one artist, and I think Clint and Travis are the two that are doing the script for it. Yeah, um, so because, there's changes here and there. Um, yeah, they take out some of the more, I guess, quote unquote, graphic um, situations and stuff like that. Yeah, they kind of in, down some. Yes, yeah. because I know in the first volume, when they first started like playing D anD D, they didn't think it was really going to go anywhere, so yeah. they were really kind of just like joking around and shooting the shit and stuff like that, and you know some of the. Um, comments weren't as i guess user-friendly for comics if 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's, um, I mean, they don't tone down the language. Like, Taco still has his abraca fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Um, like, in the Goblin Cave, there's not about, like, a death boner. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, Yeah, yeah, like, they cut out stuff like that. Um, Yeah. But, uh, and, and I mean, you know, they, because they've, they had, what, like, 120 episodes in that, that first series Mm -hmm. um to kind of figure out the characters like they're able to go back and go okay this is how this character would actually be in this situation yeah Um, and they're only using one sound like um so like i don't like that it's only one per year because i want more of them (laughs) (laughs) but uh but you know i highly recommend it um i i really like those those comics i um Every time a new one comes out, I go back and reread the old ones to catch mm-hmm. back up to the story oh, nice. <laughs> again uh, because I have a terrible memory. But uh, <laughs> you and me both, yeah. And and I mean, you know, I I recommend both of those, the, both the Overwatch anthology and the um, the Adventures in Comics. Like they're, you know, Overwatch is very apparently um, like marketing material, but if you're tangentially aware of overwatch it's still you know super fun mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah what, what was your uh your first thing um so i've actually started playing uh vermintide which is a i would kind of describe it a little bit in the veins of left for dead but in the warhammer 40k universe Oh, is it is it forty k or fantasy? Uh, oh, I'm I'm sorry, not forty k. The Warhammer universe. Gotcha. And yeah. are you on PC or on? Yes, on PC. Nice. I believe it's. I I think it's probably on all sorts of consoles, but um, it's a lot. Yeah, of fun. I have it on PS4. Um, I oh. haven't played it yet, so I'm okay. interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, <laughs> so it is a lot like Left for Dead, but they definitely expand on that uh i guess that um mechanics of it because left for dead is very i guess mechanic light there's not really much you can do with your character like it doesn't really matter which character you pick in left Mm. dead like it's not like there's any character traits or anything along those lines but in this game you know the characters are very unique the actual like characters that you can play and they're all from the warhammer universe which i really love i think the warhammer universe is really cool and you can level up these characters you can get like stat bonuses you have a different variety of weapons there's a lot of like loot to it I'm playing a dwarf, and this dwarven character can either get, like, a axe and a shield, or, like, a two-handed axe, or, um, like, a two-handed hammer, and it's all unique. Like, the style of combat is unique with your weapon and stuff like that. And then you have, like, different ranged weapons that you can equip. You can equip, like, with the dwarf he has a like a shotgun sort of thing a blunderbust uh, a sniper rifle looking thing 
Uh, Yeah, it's very, very robust. It has a lot that you can do. And there's a lot that you can uh, equip your character and like build out your character. Because as your character levels, you can also unlock like tiers, like ability tiers. So you can really like manage your character the way that you want to manage it. And it feels very unique. Again, for Left 4 Dead, like, you just kind of picked a character, and there were, I think, like, 12 weapons in total, but they were just, like, weapons that you randomly found on the ground. With this, once you complete a, a mission, you get, like, a chest, and you can open up the chest, and the chest has loot for you, basically. And the chest level is dependent on how well you did in the level. And the levels are very unique as well, too, where there's certain things that you have to do within the level. It's not just go from point A to point B. So I really enjoyed it. Um, It throws in some references to Mordeheim. I'm not sure if um, you've ever played Mordeheim before. I've I've heard of it. I've never played it personally. Yeah. So I used to back in the day, back in the day, I used to play miniature games. Um, I don't anymore, just because it's a time sink. It's mm-hmm. an investment. Like the miniatures are very expensive. You have to actually paint the miniatures. And then you have to find a very unique group of people who want to play those miniature games. And it's a lot of boxes to check. And yeah, I think we're maybe it was you or someone else was telling me that, like, if you have your miniatures painted a certain way that's not a regulation, then yeah, if you want to play like in tournaments and stuff like that, you have to have your like miniatures painted. You can't use like non painted miniatures. So. <laughs> yeah so so it i mean there is some restrictions a lot of people you know do casual play and stuff like that but i really do like both the warhammer and the warhammer 40k lore like it's yeah. a very interesting universe that they have it's very interesting like you know history that they have and it's really kind of cool to explore that within this game and the warhammer 40k game is going to be coming out soon so that'll be yeah. a lot of fun too oh yeah it's actually the, play uh, at, like space marines and stuff like what that. what is it dark tide I, i'm not sh- exactly sure what it's called but if it's anything like what this game is like i will be looking forward to it yeah let's see yes dark tide is that that's the 40k one Oh, it's only coming out on Steam and uh, Series X and S in 2021. Yeah, it's supposed to be very graphically, I guess, demanding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was... Um, I know I've I've uh, played some of these other games that they've put out, because Games Workshop has really been going hard and heavy into video games. Like... Yeah, um, I think they just want to expand their, um, I guess, their reach. Yeah, because, I mean, like, there's, well, and they have different types, too, So it, which is really interesting because, you know, first obviously first person, I think, is, is probably best for something like Vermintide or Darktide. Mm-hmm. But um, 
like I'm looking here, so they have uh, Dawn of War, which is their 40k uh, RTS. Yeah, they've, they've got, got a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've they've got Total War, which is their turn-based um, tactics. They game. have a card so game as well. Yeah, yeah, it's they've they've um, and that's the sort of thing that they do is. I don't think they manage all of those particular aspects. They kind of license out their IP to different studios yeah. and things along those lines. And yeah, say, like I think, I think Sega put out like the RTS ones for some reason. Mm-hmm. I know Sega put out one of them, and it was one of the weird ones that it's like I I don't think Sega when I think um, yeah. RTS, but you know you do you <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a lot of fun. I I really recommend it. I think it's you know definitely a a blast to play yeah uh i've been having a a lot of fun with it and it's a lot of fun when you have people to play with too uh just because the missions are four person based but if you don't like if you only have like three friends who have the game and want to play you can always pick up a random or you can have a bot and the bots are somewhat good too so okay yeah, it's not like they're in the corner just doing their own thing, but it's sort That's of good. <laughs> that that aspect of like hordes where you're fighting against this unstoppable wave of like monsters and things along those lines. It just happens to be a set of zombies you're fighting against rat people or beastmen hmm. or things yeah. along those lines. Huh. But yeah, I I've I've been having a good time with it nice mm-hmm. yeah it, it makes me want to fire up the uh the ps4 version i i think i have a digital copy of it mm-hmm. um it's just it's in my queue and i gotta weed through them yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. um well yeah so my uh next two things are these are albums that i listen to my um cool. wife uh Part of my Christmas from her was uh, an LP of uh, The Heavy, uh, the nice. album The House That Dirt Built, which has that How You Like Me Now song on it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that album sounds so good on vinyl. It's on so vinyl. warm. Yeah. And yeah, I ended up, just, um, <laughs> I got my mom a uh, record player for Christmas. Oh, nice. What, what did you get her? Uh, a black record player. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I didn't know if you knew the, the brand or... No. Because I know no, they sell I'm... some that are... Like, the, like, like, was it one of the suitcase models? Yeah, yeah. I got it from, like, Target. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it's probably, like, a Crosby or something. Yeah, those, those are pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the good thing about those is they're, they're Bluetooth, and they've got built-in speakers. So if you have Bluetooth speakers, you should be able to connect it. He do oh yeah i don't think she does but uh, i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah no that that one album is really good like it's from a few years ago but um mm-hmm. i did not have a vinyl copy of it and it's really really it, it just it sounds better like it sounds like it's supposed to sound i think because they're one of those bands that leans heavily into the like old school like proto garage funk type sounds Mm, yeah um and then the other one was uh rick schaefer is the composer but it's the soundtrack 
album to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Ooh. Um, That's yeah, really it's cool. really good. It's yeah. a, it's a, so it's a double LP. And so it's so it's four sides worth of music. It's there's just so many tracks in it because it's video game tracks. Yeah. Um, so it goes, it's just yeah. funny um, hearing these. these Did you ever tracks. play that game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that game was a glitchy game, but it was fun. It, it was. It was. It, it was fun though. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the second one. I'm hoping it does. We don't get a letdown like we did with Cyberpunk with Borderlands yeah. Two. But, I mean, not to start, you know, stir up the pot or anything, but like, um, you yeah, know, that that album um, is really cool. It's it's got this uh, blood spatter uh, kind of pattern uh, oh, neat. in the, the the vinyl itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny how, um, you know, like electronic music sounds on vinyl. Yeah. Um, because like, I'm, I'm used to hearing the tinniness of like a computer from the year 2000, like the tiny ass speakers that are on it, pumping it out. And so it's, yeah. it's really interesting to hear the track as it's meant to be played because it's you know the remastered track that was submitted to the gold uh, pressing standard yeah huh. um and and uh yeah no i i like actually being able to hear what the music was supposed to sound like yeah <laughs> the full intent of the music yeah yeah uh, so yeah huh? I, I highly cool. recommend both of those if you can find them on vinyl um do you know if they were hard finds um my guess is that the Bloodline soundtrack was yeah uh, probably a little bit more difficult to find, mm-hmm. um, just because mm-hmm. you know the heavy is a pop band from so I'm I'm sure that the the vinyl was difficult to track down itself yeah um because you know like they're the type of band that would have their stuff out on CD or streaming or what have you so um but yeah the the Bloodlines I don't even know where you would go to track that down to be honest (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah i definitely appreciate this both of those albums are really really good nice okay and uh you said you had a, a second thing yeah just one last quick thing so i've working on a project and project has forced me to well it's not like forced me i wasn't to my or against my will to do this but <laughs> i'm i'm on instagram so it's 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 making me figure out instagram a little bit and oh. i know that you are also on instagram and everything yeah i've and, got a whole 30 posts to my <laughs> yeah but it's it's interesting like because one so i feel like i get all my memes from instagram like i don't know if this has happened to you but like i feel like instagram is mainly just me like looking at memes is that something that like is normal (laughs) i know i sound like a, a a boomer right now but like usually I wasn't much for Instagram, and yeah, I'm um, not huge, it's actually. Huge into it. Pardon? Oh, I, I'm not huge, huge into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my wife is way more into it than me. Um, yeah, but 
Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like an interesting platform. Um, it's, I would think, much more difficult to spread disinformation than Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it seems like a less toxic place than others. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem super toxic. But, like, you know, I, I feel like I've I've mainly started, like, following or, like, and maybe this is just me being me, but I've started like following anime, like meme stuff. <laughs> and now like the majority of my, my feed or, you know, what comes down is just like memes, but I, I find that fun. I find that fun and yeah. enjoyable. I, mean, I get the majority of mine from, twitter imager and reddit mm -hmm. but um yeah instagram to me keeps recommending oh you know what i know why it, it does this um so i follow a fair amount of artists and uh, game designers mm -hmm. and uh, tattoo artists and tattoo studios oh, cool. um and so i feel like there's some really weird algorithms going on in the background and so the things that it keeps suggesting to me are just like i don't want to use the term thirst trap but they're pretty much thirst traps oh <laughs> <laughs> um. yeah i uh, it's interesting it's like it's weird what, what you're you're because for a while the things it would suggest to me are like these weird bizarre things from like high fructose magazine and stuff like that um and then that went away and then it was just a bunch of dice like pictures of dice and stuff and i didn't like any of those pictures mm -hmm. and so now it's just like what about butts? <laughs> Do you like butts? <laughs> Do you like butts? <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's actually been very interesting i think it's it's fun like i it's it's not as i guess pressing or not pressing but it's not as like you know with facebook and everything like that you have to like think of a post and things along those lines it's like yeah. well this i can just kind of post like here's my picture picture what here's my picture <laughs> yeah and things along those lines and yeah i think it's i think it's fun and yeah uh, no, it's definitely a, a a neat place i uh i my resolution this year i know i i jokingly said i've only got 30 posts to my name um mm -hmm. i i think i have more than that though um let's see okay so i have 72 posts oh, okay but um it's uh yeah it's definitely something i want to get more into posting to i think in the new year um yeah i mean I, it's it's and maybe it's also because i got a new phone uh oh. i had like a very old um iphone and it was like i think it was like eight gigs on the phone so you, i couldn't well, really have, have one of those C's? what like one of the five c's yeah, I think it was like oh. an SE or something like that. It was gotcha. way back when. And like the operating system took about like six gigs. Mm. So 
<laughs> so you really didn't have like much on the phone. So I, you know, didn't really do Instagram and the camera was really crappy. So I didn't really worry much about that. But now that I've got this new phone, I, you know, and this project that I'm working on, I've, I've become more active and it's fun. Like it's enjoyable and yeah. yeah, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm getting into a little bit. So, you know, yeah, I need to work on my hashtag game. Yeah. Yeah. So actually <laughs> let me say you inspired me to start doing hashtags. Like I, I saw yeah. one of your posts and I was like, Oh, hashtags. I should start putting in hashtags. Yeah. And <laughs> I I um I posted a picture of a cosplay outfit that I was planning on doing for 2020, uh, but that unfortunately didn't happen because we you know didn't have any cons and stuff like that. And I realized through that I need to put like hashtags. And um, so yeah yeah you uh your post made me realize like I need to put hashtags on things. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) So you're an inspiration. Awesome. I mean, you might even say I'm an Instagram influencer. Yeah. It's just Hmm. a very, very small, small circle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's one person. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Our hashtag game. There's definitely a hashtag game. I'll say that. Yeah, that well, and there, there's some places that I follow that it's just like they've got like forty or fifty hashtags in the post, and it's just like, all right, that's I don't know, <laughs> like, that's you way know, too high good. level for me. Like, I I will put out one. I might remember to put a hashtag <laughs> podcast in there, but like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I um. Oh, yeah, so this is just a, a Boomer Stewart thing. <laughs> Boomer Stewart has finally learned how to use Instagram. <laughs> uh. um, okay, well, yeah, my um, last thing is uh, I played through um, Call of Duty WW2 on the PS4. Mm. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Like I, so great. So the first, the first thing I will say is the game uh, only took me about seven hours to beat it. Oh, um, I mean that could be beneficial depending on. Yeah, I mean I like shorter games because it means I can get through them real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and you know I was playing it, and actually I think that the note that I have here is would a subscription service work better? Is like what I was thinking before is you know if you wanted to play whatever call of duty game was out there mm-hmm. like you would think that it would make sense for them to do like a monthly subscription model and then every i don't know six months eight months whatever put out like an update where if you want to play you pay ten dollars for the, mm. the you know like yeah I always feel like that would be a better model, and I kind of think that's where they're going with it, because over Christmas, um, you know, my my brother was was playing uh, um, Warzone, Mm. and 
And it's like, oh, that's exactly what this is, at least on Xbox, because it's like, okay, well, if you have Game Pass, then you have Modern Warfare. Yeah, okay. Um, and who's to say that whenever the the next newest game comes out, it will take the most recent game, if this makes sense, and mm-hmm. just make it free under this cost structure. So I, I think that's a model they're moving towards. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I don't have to elaborate on that too much but um yeah i mean it's it's just like any other world war ii story that you see in media um you know you're a a big damn hero and you gotta save the world you gotta save the world like i mean it's it's you know saving private ryan or band of brothers um yeah it's written okay uh i that's good i i don't know i just i feel weird playing any of the like world war ii based games yeah and then not bring up any of the atrocities that were going on like yeah and i know like it like if you're early enough in the war like that's not something that your characters would ever encounter but it's like man you're in like 1944 european theater and you're not you're just not gonna touch it you're, you're just not gonna go there yeah i mean it's <laughs> irresponsible to me in some way but then on the other hand it's like yeah. well is that something you want to put in a game like you know i don't know yeah, people it, it's are just... going to be like oh this is this is what i want to relax to but I, I don't know it's yeah it's just very weird because like they're trying to make them as like cinematic as possible and also tie into history somewhat but they're not like using the entirety of the history like yeah and i I know that uh, like at some level that's impossible but um i don't know like i have some weird feelings about this game in particular that you know kind of extend to the newest black ops release with Mm -hmm. with cold war like i don't know if i'm gonna play that because you know from from everything that i've read like the entire point of that game is that reagan is a hero and it's like "Mm, i don't know i don't i don't think so uh i feel like there's lots of people that would disagree with that statement but you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so yeah i i I don't know like i think i've i've said to you before like the one call of duty game that i'm like this is a good oh, game. I like playing is the one that all of the Call of Duty heads like hate. Hate no. because it's the one that's super far future and it's like so science fiction it's not real. <laughs> well, I mean Warzone it doesn't really like get into much, right? Isn't it just a battle? Yeah, no, like Warzone is just the um the the battle royale thing or yeah. and, and the plunder and all that stuff, which Warzone is super fun. I really liked it as well because it's it's either you know deathmatch or pull off a heist in a squad (laughs) oh yeah i mean and really do call of duties need a story you could just be like you are the shooty man here's some cool guns that are you know (laughs) real life guns if that's your thing do you know shoot that guy who's in a blue shirt because you are in the red shirt you know what's funny is I'm pretty sure that with the the Unity software I have and some of the packs that came in a humble bundle that I donated yeah. to, um, we could make Shooty Man the game. 
Shooting um, man the game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's basically like here's a level, here's some enemies, go yeah. for it, my son. <laughs> I mean, you could even do like a block. Like you're a red block; these are blue blocks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I you know, and if you like, have like games, realistic guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Just like that would be hilarious. Blocks. Yeah, if you had like a Thomas was alone, but but like the Thomas Square with like had a hand and like a super detailed, accurate gun with like flex sight. And... Yeah, <laughs> super weird. Yeah, it would be super strange. And yeah, see now this makes me wish I had a really really powerful computer so I could make this dumb fucking game. <laughs> I mean, trust me, making a dumb fucking game takes time too. Yeah, no, you exactly. Know, really... And I mean, that's yeah. I mean, you don't even need like a well. Nah, you probably need a pretty good computer for Unity and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, my laptop can run it, but I, I don't know. I just feel weird about trying to build like a one-level super bizarre game on a laptop. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that would just murder my my computer very quickly. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> Which shows you how much I know about computers. It, it'd probably be fine, but <laughs> I don't know. You have <laughs> I just got this computer yet, last, so. last year, and I, I would like for it to last more than like you know a year or two. <laughs> I know this is kind of a uh, side note, but um, have you seen the um, computer or the gaming console that KFC came out with? Uh, I did. Uh, I, I got to say, I'm a fan. Fantastic, brilliant 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 all i want to you know can, is, is you can keep your chicken form as you play because of the giant graphic card in there so all i want to know is if it will come preloaded with all of the like kfc marketing games hopefully hopefully I mean, that just seems like i want to yeah i mean because the dating sim the um kfc dating sim is free <laughs> So I don't see why they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I I have a friend who, and this is a related side side tangent. Uh, I have a friend who worked for um, God, KFC when we were in high school. It no, it wasn't KFC. He worked for it was an EB Games, I think, that became a GameStop, or maybe a Funko Land that became a GameStop, hmm. and. Uh, he was saying that the the back room where they keep all the like uh, like systems that people would, would like trade in yeah that back room reeked because it, it smelled like whatever that the person who's trading it in whatever their house smelled like smelled like it yeah it's just a combination of those smells in one room so it it smelled <laughs> like you know dirty diapers and <laughs> weird bizarre food smells and yeah. just like plastic farts and lovely all, all i know is that i feel bad for whoever uh actually uses this thing to cook chicken and then trades it into some trades it in <laughs> well the thing is it boy. doesn't cook chicken it's not a cooker it keeps your chicken warm from chaos 
Right, but it's still you're still shoving greasy chicken into a video game console. It's probably not going to smell great. No, it is not going to smell great. (laughs) I mean, it's basically just a gaming computer with a chicken warmer on it, right? Like it's they've just redirected the heat distribution. Yes, Um, it's got like a little knit, not knit, but like a little um, metal basket. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) you know, I'm. I guess you're going to get some grease somewhere. Hopefully, you don't get grease on the um, on the video card. Yeah, I, I posted a link to that console. I think on Facebook, and oh, yeah. I, I think someone else like I posted on 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 a forum that I, I go to mm-hmm. that uh, was like, "Well, the console wars are over now. I guess just like why is it ending like this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> link to the article. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's great i uh <laughs> i love it i love kfc i well i i don't uh, love I, eating I KFC. Drink, i've uh <laughs> yeah i've rarely ever eat at kfc but i love their marketing their marketing is on point because you know they've got a um they've got a show coming out too like a, oh, a drama what? The one where Mario, Mario Lopez is playing the colonel? Yeah, Recipe for Seduction. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I just don't know, like, who it, over at KFC they're coming up with, like, these ideas? And who's rewriting I... it? Who's like, like yes. <laughs> this <yeah>. sounds... <laughs> How much money do you need for this? <laughs> like, it's do you amazing. think that they're going to, like, recoup their losses? Uh, Do you think people are actually going to buy this console? Or not? No, KFC is part of Pepsi. Like, Pepsi's not going to, like, they don't care. Yeah, no, (laughs) I'm saying, do you think anyone's going to buy this console? Uh, I mean, I doubt it, like, to be honest. To be, you know, I I want to I mean, it'll probably be like the Ouya. Like, I bought an Ouya, and I, like, and I'm sorry about that. I'm so hey, sorry. Hey, it was a cool little machine. <laughs> it was a cool little machine. Everyone can crack wise about it, but that—that was the—that—that uh, that was the uh, the shit. Mm, it just—it mm-hmm. died. It didn't. It didn't have its uh, its time in the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. If only for the uh, the the Flappy Frog game. And the <laughs> you know you could have gotten that game anywhere else. <laughs> that was not like an Ouya exclusive. I know it wasn't. Well, yeah, I mean, there weren't. <laughs> that, that was part of the problem. But you could uh, program your own game on the console. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. And did you? Uh, no, I didn't. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do like the structure where they they uh, made it so that you had to have some some amount. I forget the exact amount of time, but if you were going to sell something through their store, you had to have some amount of it playable, um, so that people could demo it. Okay. I wish that other places would take that on. I know you're still laughing at me, but I I, I stand for the Ouya. Sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, 
I'm just getting the kick out. I know that's a weird hill to die on, but the, it was <laughs> but by golly, you're going to die on that hill. I am. Everyone makes fun of anyone who you know. Has I mean, anything to do with Ouya, but I, like, I wonder I why. I'm just saying it wasn't as bad. Like there have been worse systems than the Ouya, like Stadia. <laughs> Stadia still around. Sure, but will it be around in a year is my question. <laughs> I think it's lasted longer than the Ouya. <laughs> uh, no, you, Ouya was out for a few years. <laughs> I think. Stadia has been out for a I few mean, years. Let me Google. It, actually, that's a good question. <laughs> How long oh, Ouya for sale? Ouya. Ouya. Gosh. Yeah, it was around. June of 2013 to December of 2015. Okay, so two years. Two, two and a half years. Okay. Um, we'll just have to see if Google is still supporting Stadia in two years and what happens to all of those. Because I can still fire up my OUYA and access the games that I downloaded on it. Okay. Do you say, to yeah. have actually paid for games on Stadia and Google yeah. stopped supporting it. Yeah, that's kind of crappy, but yeah, you know, I, I, no, I'm not, saying, I'm not problem. saying that like um, Stadia or Ouya is a good system. It's like just buy yourself yeah. a console or yeah. make a computer or not make a computer or buy a computer or something along those lines. So. No, I will say that Stadia has a good idea. <sighs> like I will, mm. you know, mm. like, I mean, it's an interesting idea that someone could uh play or stream whatever game they have it would be a better idea if it was someone who was not google and would not kill the project after it stopped making money to like immediately yeah. because and... they've done that in the past so yeah you know i it's got its problems but it's also got some some uh gold in there to be mined yeah and you know it's it's going to be going to be interesting to see how long it actually lasts yeah i I just am curious what's going to happen to the games that people paid for on it (laughs) yeah that's kind of you know crappy but again it's it's still it's still going so yeah you know i'll definitely send you um an email or a text when it because i'm going to track it now do you know what? I'm going to start an Instagram account and I'm going to harass your Instagram account just by sending you pictures. <laughs> pictures and links to Ouya playthroughs. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I guess mm. with that, we can end here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know about i'm liking the new format uh, yeah yeah definitely you know send us an email you can send yeah. it over at backrowsupershow at gmail.com let us know what you think about the new format if it's something that you enjoy if it's something that you enjoy or yeah or how you feel about the Ouya and how awesome it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the next episode coming up uh, we'll be talking about uh, anime. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's, the current book. That's, uh, book. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. 
Me too. Uh, about the, the anime episode. But the mm-hmm. um, the current book club book is uh, John Green's Turtles All the Way Down. All the uh, Way. Which we'll probably talk about that in a couple weeks. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see you back here uh, in a couple weeks talking about anime. Uh, Hurrah! Bye bye! See ya!